What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. Deb Van Pelt. She is the executive sommelier here in Nashville and the surrounding area. So we are so excited to have you here and you brought some really fun wines to try. And we wanted to start out just um, your background and how you got into wine um, from the very beginning. And then we'll try some wines to get into where you are at now. So well, I'm so happy to be here with y'all. So happy to have you. Yes. We usually um, see each other at my old digs at Bellmead Winery. And uh, so, yeah, this is nice and cozy today. So thanks for asking me. Yeah. Um, where I started, um, I will have to tell you that it, initially it started with um, uh, the Wall Street Journal, Weekend Journal. And there was a couple that always rated wines. And they would take high-end wines and then say, like, equal, like, like more, you know, moderately priced wines. And I was probably in my 30s. My father-in-law knew a lot about wine. And so I really started digging into wine then. Well, at some point, I moved over to Michigan, and I got a part-time job working at a winery with Dr. Dave Miller. White Pine Winery gets a shout-out. Um, and I'm really proud to say that um, for the first time, the third edition of the Wine Bible with Karen McNeil has mentioned uh, Michigan wines, and they mention White Pine because... Um, Dr. David Miller has uh, really made inroads. He's a doctor of, um, of uh, viticulture and mm. teaches a master class at Michigan State of winemaking. And um, he's really turned that industry around from tourist sweet wines to some really great, you know, vinifera. So mm. I'm, you know, just I was really tickled for him to get that shout out. Yeah. You know, so I started there. Um, I started studying. He talked about wine at a level I did not understand. He would come in saying they were punching down caps, and I don't know what that <laughs> sounded violent to me. But um, so now I know what all that language is, and I represented his winery uh, at trade shows. And um, but. Uh, my daughter moved to Nashville and started having my grandchildren, and I came to Nashville. And I wanted to be in the wine industry, and Nashville does not exactly have a wine industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really happy to land at Bellmead Winery, and, um, and they were basically you know, a tourist destination, uh, a historic site. And we began developing wine programming there. So I'm really tickled to have gotten in on the ground level of that. And as you all know, when you all came to see me, I was doing wine classes, mm -hmm. which I love to do, which I'm going to, you know, continue today with the two wines I brought and pairing. Because to me, the art of drinking wine is in the food pairing. That's, they go together. Um, and I was there for, I have six, seven years. And, um, and I was stolen away by, uh, by Discovery Properties at Troubadour Club. It's a private club, and I now work for them. Uh, and it's fun introducing people to wine and getting people out of their comfort zones and having them try wines they would not normally try. So, in, uh, so here I am, yeah, today. Um, executive sommelier, I've taken enough tests to claim that now, <laughs> and I don't want to take any more tests, but I say that, but I probably will end up because it's a constant pursuit, as you all well know, mm -hmm. constant pursuit of wine. Yeah, it's more, it's not just a job, it's a hobby, it's a passion, mm -hmm. and, uh, I just always hope to give that to other people. That's my takeaway is that, you know, wine should be fun. shouldn't be intimidating. You don't have to pay a ton of money for a really, really good bottle of wine. And uh, there's a world of wine out there. Just try it. Try it all. 
That's what we love about you, is your outlook on just wine in general, and that you don't have to spend a lot of money to experience yeah. you know, the experience. Yeah, and I know? have to say, when we went to see you at Bellmead Winery, and we went through your class that you took with the food pairing, I think that was the first time, you know, because we started our journey not that long ago, that was the first time that I really understood the concept of the food pairing with the wine, where it was like, you'd have us try it with the food, and I was like, okay, this really is making a difference in how it's tasting in my mouth and it, it's so interesting mm -hmm. you know so I, I love that very cool yeah it is fascinating because the same token wine can make food taste just terrible yeah right? you know there's chemicals <laughs> inside of fish that uh, interact with tannins so red wine and fish you know it's not just a, a sort of a rule of thumb you know what makes me a little crazy when people these days say oh you can try anything anything I'm like oh yeah you want to try red wine with a you know cod and just you know the metallic like mm -hmm. you've got a mouthful of pennies in your mouth like you know now if you love red wine by all means drink the red wine and the other thing too when you're talking about pairing is learning to pair to the preparation not to the protein and by that I mean if you have a chicken that is um, barbecued by all means grab a red wine mm. but if you've got a beautiful roast chicken with rosemary and garlic or you know lemongrass or something you know, a beautiful Chardonnay is always mm. going to be the answer. So, um, but it's fun to have these in front of you. We're going to do a little bit of that today. I brought some spicy things that normally you would immediately think red wine, but I brought a little white wine today that's going to be amazing with the spice. So we'll talk about that when we get to the wines. Yes. So what do you think would be like for someone who's just kind of getting like into wine, like what would be an easy like way to figure out food like is there a like, like something you point them to or is there a general kind of maybe you go this way I don't know just an easy way to to figure that out I don't know yes when I meet people who like most people will drink a white wine or sweet white wine you know that's just pretty common everyone starts with sweet wines because your brain loves sugar we mm -hmm. love sugar mm -hmm. um, when you have a dry red wine that has zero sugar all of a sudden you have people so oh you know they just like backpedal I don't don't like red wine um, I always tell them, get a Chianti Classico and a pizza, and you mm -hmm. will have a come-to-Jesus moment. Um, like, uh, I mean, everything's pizza and beer, and, be and that's great too, right? But beer can be filling, and I know that, you know, wine is a very fast-growing industry um, just because, uh, you know, lowering calories, you know, you don't have that big full feeling when you're drinking red wine and having pizza. Um, also, tannins, acid, those two things break down food, so it helps the food not to linger in your system. And those are all great reasons, you know, to try red wine. Uh, but, but yeah, Chianti Classico and a pizza, that's your come to Jesus moment. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, I always like to point people in that direction. So, yeah. That's good. I think that we'll start suggesting that. Because I do have that with customers when I work at Trader Joe's. They're always like, well, I like sweet wine and I don't like red wine. And I'm like, well, it's that's where a lot of people start out, you know, mm -hmm. and then you kind of try to get them to get into some other things. I try to like let them try Lambrusco, you know, it's not quite as sweet, but it's still very fruity. And a lot of like new wine drinkers actually really like that. So I love Lambrusco. Yeah. I think Lambrusco got such a bad rap in the early 80s with uh, Chili Chella. No, y'all are too young to remember those commercials, but I, don't I, know. Work, I worked for a company that um, I worked for Brown Foreman, so I worked for a distillery. And we imported Chilla Chilla, you know, corny commercials. But 
a lot of things give a wine a bad rap. Like white zin gives red zin a bad rap. Mm. Uh, Lambrusco being sweet, you know, in the early 80s, give it a bad rap. Um, I just did a wine pairing in Michigan, and I saved Lambrusco for last because we were supposed to go get pizza, and then we it was snowing and below zero, so nobody wanted to go anywhere, and we had plenty of food there. But so I, anyway, I saved it for that, and that's that, and the and the dry riesling just blew people away. So yeah, yeah it was fun. Lambrusco, yeah. who knew? Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> well, you want to get into the first yeah, let's wine? Let's dive into yeah. uh, the first wine. Dive into the first wine. So we are going to start with a Riesling, and I know people cringe, and you don't have to cringe. I want to tell a quick story uh, where I work now. Um, the clientele will drink cocktails with sushi, and the sushi there is amazing. Um, so I, I you know, on a dare, um, wanted them to blind taste a wine with that sushi. And, they, and if they would guess it, they would get it free. And if they didn't guess it, they would buy the bottle. And they didn't guess it, but they were fascinated that what they were drinking was dry Riesling because it comes across, especially with food, as um, a Sauvignon Blanc, maybe from California, very fruity, you know, mm -hmm. and yet very dry. I also want to say that when people say dry wine, they really don't understand that most wines have about two grams of sugar. Like a Sauvignon Blanc, high in acid, has to have sugar to balance the acid. Um, Pinot Grigio seems dry, right? So acidic that it needs sugar to balance the acid. So Riesling will have sugar to balance the acid because it's the highest in acid of all white wines. Um, now, acid is what makes white wines have that dance or that lively feel on your tongue, which makes, makes it beautiful. But it allows Riesling to pair so beautifully with many, many things. And we're going to try a little bit of that. Um, this is Kruger Rumpf. Um, it is a Trocken Dry 2000. Um, I think I've got 20, what do I have here? 2021. Um, I, had, I, I have in my notes 2019 just because I wrote these notes on it, you know, when it, I had a 2019 in front of me. Um, I want to point out some things. For one thing, if you're looking to buy a really, really great Riesling, um, you're, you're the capsule. Look for the eagle on the capsule with the grapes. This means it is a VDP, and I do not even want to try to pronounce those words. Um, let's see, Verbon Dutcher Predicats wine. And this means it goes through a lot of scrutiny to you know, get on the market as a very high-quality wine. Um, don't even get me started on German wine laws. It was the only time I cried during all my testing. I literally cried like a baby, like I will never get this. Um, <laughs> but I get it now. Um, so this is a Gutswein. A Gutswein simply means in the predicate system that it is a good wine. It oh. is a good village wine. Um, doesn't have to cost a lot. I think this was right about the $20 mark. This producer, uh, Kruger Rumpf, makes expensive Rieslings, but again, um, I'm not about having to do that. It's from Nahe, um, just east of the Mosul. It is dry, uh, and I like how they're putting on the label, you'll see dry now instead of the word trocken. So right. trocken means dry, but for the American market, who knows what trocken means? Right. So this is a dry Riesling. Um, probably has about two point something grams of sugar just to balance out that really high acid. So, um, so that goes through the laws. I love the winemaker, Stephen Rump. He says, you cannot improve wine in the winery, can only make it worse. So there's two philosophies. You're making wine in the vineyard, which you should be, mm -hmm. or you're making it in the winery where you are creating a grape-based alcohol wine product. That's how I think of it. Uh, and that is how he thinks of it as well. So 
Um, let's get into this. A little. Very cool. Yeah, Riesling. Y'all, you see, when you look at it, I know the five S's of wine tasting. I always look at a wine first. You see a little, uh, little um, sparkle there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've got some tartaric acid that is really so cold that it's turned into little snowflakes. Do you see it when you roll it around? We call those diamonds. Oh, yeah. Those tartaric wine uh, crystals. Wine diamonds. Yeah, wine diamonds. As it comes up in temperature, they melt away. If you see them in your white wine, do not worry. They are very harmless. Um, actually, I get real excited when I see them because I'm such a nerd. Um, <laughs> wine nerd, so it's okay. We're going to swirl, right? We're going to swirl as we always do. Open up that uh, aroma and um, bring out the flavors. The cold, colder a wine is, the less it's going to give you of its aromas and flavors. So we've let this sit here for a minute and, mm -hmm. you know, It'll, it'll um, perfect temperature. It will actually, and then when we smell Riesling, it's the first thing you smell is always going to be petrol, like mm -hmm. that sort of boat motor oil or something. It is unique to Riesling, especially German Rieslings. Mm -hmm. uh, the high acid allows them to be aged a long time, where that aroma becomes very predominant. But this is just a ton of fruit, right? Right. Yeah, I love you get it. peach. Yeah. Peach. Smells so good. So I want to say stone fruit. Mm. So peach and apricot just jump out at me. Mm -hmm. You get that lemon. Yep, yeah. Lemon. Yeah. Now we always say, is it lemon pith or is it lemon? You know, what is it? Is it lemon juice? Is it the meat? Is it the skin? What do you think? I think it's the skin. I think it's the skin. You are exactly too. right. It is yeah. the skin, a hundred percent. So once we smell, because eighty percent of what you taste comes from what you smell, it's important to try to identify the fruit. Um, taste this wine. Okay, high in acid, y'all. Have y'all did the acid trick with me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You take a sip and swallow and lean forward, and this wine will you'll, your body will try to drown you. This is very high in acid. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Oh my gosh! Your jaws are squealing at you right now. Yeah, but it's really good. <laughs> it's worth the squeal. This is so good. <laughs> that trick that you taught us when we came yeah. to visit you, I, I mean, I use it all the time. The, it's just, yeah, yeah just lean the, forward. to lean forward yeah. when you... Here, I'm going to get yeah. you on video doing it so we can show the audience. Yeah, so we show the audience. So explain yep. it again. So you're going to take a sip of wine, yep, right? right. And I always say grab your napkin uh, because you can really if, and swallow. Lean forward and open wide, and your body will try to drown you. Your body thinks that <laughs> it's drinking. <coming>. Yeah. <laughs> so your body thinks that drinking acid is not the best idea today. You know, so your body is literally trying to get the acid out of your mouth um, to save you. But acid is right. What are you doing drinking something with alcohol and acid today? Um, but uh, acid breaks down food, and it's what makes this wine very versatile. How'd you like it? I oh, it's it. delicious. I love this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, full-bodied, right? You when Definitely you um, yes. when you taste it, you it it lays on your tongue, right? Mm -hmm. There is weight. If you think about water and milk, and that that range, um, this is way heavier than water. Not as mm -hmm. heavy as milk, and mm -hmm. so, but it has really a lovely body to this. Mm. Uh, my, I'm salivating crazy. Cause yeah, it's flavor. me too. So, you said with the VDP, is that like only on white or, or only in Rieslings or? It is what they reserve for Riesling. Okay. Um, if you get into it, they will. Um, so this producer makes like um, uh, uh, a. Um, uh, what am I saying? They make several wines. They make Sauvignon Blanc. You will see this on their on their Sauvignon Blanc. You'll see this on their other Gewurztraminer. Mm -hmm. You'll see it on some of their other um, varieties. But really, 
for practical purposes when you're talking Riesling. This really tells you the sweetness level. Mm -hmm. So by law. So um, I will go over some of this without getting too deep in the woods because this is your VDP. Gutswein is a good wine. And Ortswein is a local vineyard. And Erslag is uh, the first site. Is It will have the village on the label. And this producer will have, he has village level. He has this level of wine with the village site on it. Um, Grossgerwatch, GG, you'll see, means great growth, and those are your top level, usually a very specific site within a vineyard, uh, or gross lodge, and you'll get that too, and again, great site, that's what that means. Um, these are almost always dry, you know, to be a GG, it's always going to be dry, but then you look at the Pratikats wine, it's a whole different kind of, um, of uh, labeling Riesling, and so you have a cabinet, which is off dry. It's going to be a little sweeter than this. This is all dry. Trocken means dry. If you see trocken on the label, means dry. Um, you have Auslesa, um, um, select harvest, mm -hmm. Spätlesa, you know, late harvest. It's interesting because a, a Spätlesa Riesling can be dry. It's just oh. they uh, have let the vine hang out. You know, the grapes hang on the vine longer. So when they ferment all that sugar to alcohol, you usually have a very high alcohol Riesling. Um, and that is the way to tell how sweet or dry a Riesling is. You look at the alcohol level. You think that yeast eats sugar equals alcohol. So if they stop the fermentation and leave alcohol in or leave sugar in the wine, you're going to have like 9, 8 and 9 percent uh, alcohol. Now this one is a 12. At 12, I know they have fermented all that sugar to alcohol. This is a dry Riesling. Yeah. So the higher the alcohol, the drier the wine. Mm. And that's always a good you know, marker if you go in and you don't know the language right. of, of wine. Um, so yeah, uh, they, I, love, I love the sweet, I love the cabinet style. I love a little sugar in it too. It, make, it just, again, that little bit of sugar. Most wines you drink have a little sugar in them, but cabinets I love too. At uh, uh, Thanksgiving, it's a wine that goes across the entire Thanksgiving table. It will pair with everything from the turkey to green beans to dressing to sweet potato casserole. It's amazing. That's awesome. But I brought some things here today. Yes. So yes. Um, I brought a couple things that you would normally associate with um, red wine. So let's try. I did bring an andouille sausage, spicy, and then I brought a um, like a pepper jack cheese. It's actually a pepper cheddar cheese. So if you all want to grab you know, one of each of those things. Okay. Now we're going to try it with the red wine I brought today too. And then at the end, you all can tell me which one you prefer. Um, I call it a winter white because Riesling goes with so many kinds of food. Um, bratwurst, sausage, sauerkraut, curries, Indian food. If you love um, uh, Thai food, spicy Thai food, because sweet negates heat. Now the little two grams of sugar, you might not be able to taste it on your palate, but it, it puts out the fire when you pair this with something mm. that's hot. So let's try the cheese first, y'all. Okay, ready? Mm. Oh, it's really good cheese. Very good. <laughs> Once you feel that sting, though, mm -hmm. go back to the Riesling. I'm feeling it right now. And it puts the fire out. It's delicious. Totally. Oh my gosh. It brings the fruit forward. Yeah. It's real peachy right now. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. It singles out like one of the fruits and just... It's right in the front. Right in the like front. Like right there. It's you amazing. taste it all. 
Now let's try the andouille. I know we've got water here, so we can always cleanse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I am. We love that about you. Mm -hmm. So meat and white wine, right? Who knew? Yeah, you wouldn't think. Mm -hmm. And when you feel the heat, and you're going to feel some heat on this. Mm. I can feel that a lot more on my tongue. Mm. The acid with it too. Oh yes, the mm -hmm. acid is working. Mm -hmm. It is dissolving that meat on your tongue. Yeah, totally. But how does it change the wine? It messes with that fruit, doesn't it? It does. You don't get the peach so much? The, no. no. Yeah, you get a little maybe apricot. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it literally just plays with the fruit flavors of the wine. I want to talk about that real quick. I always feel like it's not as soft either as it was with the cheese. Oh, no. It's more bright. Yeah, right? it's, mm -hmm. it's bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, the acid, you kind of feel and taste more of the acid. Yeah. You know, which is very high in. But it's a very pleasant feeling yeah. when it's all you know said and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> so crazy. Um, so we're gonna actually pair these same things with the red wine. And again, I'll, it'll be interesting to see which you prefer, the white. This is like I a want, science class. It's good because I want to eat more of it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the fun is science class. I know. <laughs> oh, you you have this with a curry, and people go nuts. Um, uh, Asians, you know, spicy Thai food. It's just amazing. Oh, um, man. And, and a sushi. It's like crazy good with sushi. You get a little bit of the wasabi and your mouth is on fire and a little bit of this just puts So what kind fire. of sushi would this, what, what would you pair? Like the, what's the ultimate sushi yeah, that you would pair? Yeah, because I want to do that. Mm. <laughs> so spicy tuna rolls spicy where tuna you really roll. get, okay. you really get that lovely spice. Yep. Um, you know, I, I love it with that. Now I am a sushi kind of a weenie. So I, um, I ca you know, the California rolls are my go-to, but like spicy crab or anything that's going to bring a little heat because I'll put some wasabi on there mm -hmm. and just for fun and light my tongue on fire just to let this do its job. Right. You know, it's, it's super fun. Um, spicy ceviche with mm. this where oh. you've got all that seafood going on and I put red pepper flakes in it and I, I want it to be spicy and it's just like it just like putting out the fire it's so delicious um, so yeah it's a very versatile wine and people write off Riesling as sweet no I don't like sweet wines but, yeah. but this is a whole different ball game yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know that Riesling just like a lot of wines people say I don't like Sauvignon Blanc or Chardonnay they could be so drastically different. They immediately think Riesling is sweet, though. And, yeah, well, yeah, think, yeah, and that's yeah, why like, people just write it off, and that's why yep. I think people like say, I don't like rosé, because they associate white oh, zin, the color. Sweet. Exactly. exactly. Yes. You know? Which is so, crazy. Yes. This is seriously, this is, one of, this is one of my favorite whites I think I've actually ever tried. I like love this wine. I would drink this all the time. So if someone yes, didn't do. know <laughs> yes. dry Riesling, like we're mm -hmm. talking, they don't know mm -hmm. dry Riesling world, mm -hmm. in their mind, what... If they like a certain wine, what could they kind of... If you like a California Sauvignon Blanc, give mm -hmm. this a try. Chenin Blanc, if you mm -hmm. like those, which most people don't even know Chenin Blanc, which, you know, I love Chenin Blanc. But um, it, even like Pinot Grigios that are very well made, high mm -hmm. in acids, you know, fruity, lemon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's in that world. Uh, Chablis, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you think of an, an oak Chardonnay that you actually taste the fruit and not the oak barrel. Mm -hmm. um, people will mistake these. In a blind tasting, it's one of the hardest wines to, to pull out, out because your brain goes, oh, that's got to be a California Sauvignon Blanc. It's fruity. You know, it's not green grassy like a New Zealand is. That's got to be a California Sauvignon Blanc or a Sancerre. Mm -hmm. uh, well, people will say mm -hmm. it's a Sancerre. 
Um, but no, it just really is a lovely, lovely wine. And I call it a winter white because it goes with the heavier food right. of winter. Um, chicken and dumplings, oh you can't gosh. believe. That sounds um, good. So on a, on, a, uh, on a cold winter day, uh, I just like all the different things, like chicken tortilla soup, mm. crazy good. Wow. Spice, you know? Yeah. So where can people find this wine and what does it usually retail for? So this is really, uh, I found it at Red's, which I love, you know, them. I have seen it at, uh, you know, in Nashville, at any of the big wine shops, I have found this brand. Uh, you don't need to find this brand, even though it's, I love, I seek this one out because it's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, I also like Nick Weiss, Midtown mm-hmm. um, Pork yes. Dorks, you know, you can, the Urbanhof, you know, yep. the, the, just the dry, dry wines and never be afraid to ask your store people, you know, they are, they know what they're getting in. They, they use, they have tasting days and they're very well read and, uh, or at least they've tasted through wines enough to know that, um, you know, ask what a, for a dry wine, have mm-hmm. them guide you. I wouldn't, you know, you don't need to pay more than $20. And I think this one was 18. I've seen it as high as 21, but that's the completely worth point. it. Completely yeah. <laughs> worth it. Great bottle. Oh, wow. Sure. And shocking. Like, if you want to surprise your friends, you know, if you're having just, you know, sushi night or if you're having Thai food or curries or anything like that, or even um, bratwurst and sauerkraut, this is delicious. Um, soak your brats in this and then grill them. That little two grams of sugar will caramelize. And then you pair this right alongside. Delicious. You know, wow. and shocking, what right? a cool idea. And uh, we need cool to do idea. a post about this one, I think, yeah. because it's so good. So do you like to cook in your, I know you don't have a lot of free time, but in your free time? I do. Um, I have a big family and I used to cook, you know, mass production style. Um, <laughs> now I cook for me, so it's very like, I just love intense flavors. I love trying new things. Uh, if it's, you know, swimming in olive oil and if you look, if you um, go to my Instagram account, uh, you will see that this will, you see a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I do like to cook. I yeah. really, really love to cook, you know, love to cook just for small groups and, and really, um, and especially pairing wine and having people pay, uh, paying attention to how things taste. So that's, I love to do that. That's yeah. awesome. That's well, the magic. We really appreciate this and we're excited to try the next one too. <laughs> Great segue. Cause we are not finished yet. Um, yeah, I love this little wine. So let's put this aside. Next one up is a red wine that I am tickled to know that you all had never heard of it because you all are very well versed in the wine world. I thought they're going to know this wine. Um, I just recently, uh, facilitated an Argentina wine dinner with the winemaker. And uh, when we think Argentina, we think of what? Malbec. 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 <laughs> yes. Um, so within that, within that, right? Uh, within uh, Argentina, Malbec, you have Valley Floor, mass produced, and you have lovely mountain vineyards, and that is always my favorite. Um, a really good Malbec. You can look somewhere on the label will tell you the the um, altitude. So thousand feet up, and and that's where the sweet spot is. Um, the second most grown grape in Argentina is Bonarda. Never heard of Bonarda. I've never, I've never heard, heard of, of Bonarda. We could have maybe drank it and didn't know. I'm sure that's probably well, happened. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's often, so it, they grow in, in uh, Napa as well in a very small amount around the Calistoga region. There's like 75 acres uh, in production. And um, one of my favorite things is that... Um, 
uh, the Ingle Nook Winery, and gosh, they're like, they start out at about $1,000 a bottle, right? Ingle Nook um, mm -hmm. Wines. Uh, they are really dedicated to the production of some of these uh, historic uh, heritage vines and heritage grapes. And um, in California, it's known as Turbano. Now, uh, and it's used to as a blend because it brings color. Look at the color of this wine we've poured. That is a really yeah. rich, dark wine, isn't it? Yeah. Almost has brown tones. I was yeah. Say, almost brown. Yeah. yeah, it is dark. And if you flatten it out over our, you know, over paper, you really can't read through it. It's really got a yeah, high density, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's often added to blends. And in, in Napa, you can put 10% of something in a blend and never have to say what that something is. So, you know, it really helps, like, bring some depth of color in the wines. Um, they actually have, Inglenook makes a Charbonneau, and it is called, uh, it's by a prisoner, right? It's from the prisoner line, uh, and it's called Headlock. No, I've never seen it, but it is, y'all, um, $254 a bottle. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I would not pay that for this little wine. And that one would be 100%? 100% Charbonne, which is, uh, you know, wines have different, grapes have different names where they yeah. grow different places. Um, so it's the same grapes, just same grown same different, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you think of uh, Zinfandel is uh, Primitivo in Italy, right. so it's the same grape. So yeah, Bernardo, um, the, I love this producer, La Posta. La Posta, the word actually translates now, forgive my Spanish, is La Taber Taberna, Tab Taberna. Anyway, it means... that's us when we try to speak French yeah. <laughs> or Italian yeah. or Spanish. And what it means is the tavern, right? Mm. So it's where uh, farmers, so these growers, would meet and talk about terroir, you know, the weather and how their grapes are growing and like how beautiful that some vineyards are. Like they talk about this. So this is where it gets the name La Posta. I also love this wine because every single um, uh, Argentina, whatever variety you're drinking, they have uh, the, lots of Malbecs. You will see the name of the grower. So Armando is the name of the grower. Uh, Estella Armando. Um, she is fourth generation grape grower. Wow. Female. Female, yes. Yeah. And it, it is her turn to run the family business. So That's you cool. see a lot of women in the industry yeah. now. And I love that they uh, do a shout out to the growers who put in the daily work yeah. there, to, to tending those vines. That's where yes. it all starts. Um, that is where it all starts. Uh, the vintner herself uh, for this is, um, um, say, Laura Cantina is your actual winemaker. Uh, and she not only is a winemaker, oh my gosh, she is the head of the Wine Institute. She's a mom, three kids, she's an ER doctor, and a children's author. Jeez. So, yeah, in her spirit. <laughs> That's amazing. Like they I love um old world labels, Italian labels. They'll tell you a story. Mm -hmm. I I love that these labels really sort of give you uh who's who and, mm. and what went into this uh glass. Um like I said the uh the Inglenook Winery, they have a dinner, black tie dinner every year and only the growers and producers of uh Charbonneau, which is Bernarda can come is is strictly to highlight this grape brought here, brought to Napa. Is the original grape of Napa uh, by immigrants that were coming to the country. You know that's who started the whole Napa Valley. Were immigrants. Um, grape growers were not highly thought of at that time. Boy, how times have changed, right? right? Uh, right. So Bernarda tells us right on the front what to expect. Um, 
It says we are to expect fresh raspberry aromas, um, subtle smoky and oaky notes. You're also going to get some tobacco on this. So mm. it can mm. be made very light and fruity like a Pinot Noir, or it can be made very heavy like a Malbec. It just really depends on the grower, the altitude, valley floor, you know, sunshine aspect, all of those things that we call terroir mm -hmm. um, have to do with this. So let's try. All right, it's low, low in tannins and alcohol. I think we've got... What percent of alcohol do we have here? Um, Twelve, same as the Riesling. Same as the Riesling. Yes. Interesting. Typically, uh, low, you know, uh, low in alcohol. Yeah, which, I love the label too. Yeah, don't you it love kinda that? Kind of has just like a retro feel. It like. has a retro feel. I, I like love it a lot. Yeah. It does. Uh, so, um, has it high in acid? High in acid means it's going to be food friendly. You have tannins mm. and acid that breaks down food. So, let's try this wine. So um, usually tannins will override acid, but if you do the acid test on this, your body's going to try to drown you. Mm. I love the smell. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so. Oh my god, it's so blackberry, mm. like stewed blackberries. I'm doing my party yes. trick. Oh yeah, my I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Checking mouth out is the watering. <laughs> Check out the acid. Is it high in acid? I it feel, is, yeah. Yes, it's very, Definitely. it is high in acid. Um, boy, I get leather and cocoa. Oh, yeah. So strong. The cocoa, I really got a lot. Mm. And tannins are present. Oh, yeah. But nothing like the acid is. Yeah. Yeah. And the acid is like, whoosh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Isn't that a lovely wine? Yes. Beautiful. I believe you've never heard of it? Mm, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, it's starting to get a lot of buzz. Um, uh, Wine Folly, if you follow them yep. mm -hmm. on Instagram, um, I think last Wednesday, this was their surprise wine. Their mystery wine was Bernarda. And as soon as she described it, I'm like, I love it. I, I, I do. You don't always need a big punch in the face, big giant wine. Right. And we talk about food and wine pairing. A lot of times a great big cap, you know, something that's even a big Malbec that's over extracted, um, it starts arguing with the food. It runs over the top of the food. But you get these, I'm still salivating. Yeah. The acid has still got my jaws going. But you get these wines that are, you know, not as tannic, that are high in acid, that have all this flavor, they're really going to pair better with food. Right. Um, and again, spicy food, when you get a lot of fruit going on, mm -hmm. um, high, you know, very fruity wines that are low in alcohol are great with spicy food. Know, chill, chili like spicy hot chili with beans um mm. it really it, the barbecue this is amazing mm. barbecue but for our science experiment yes <laughs> let's start with that spicy cheese again try it again try it again thank you tj of course spicy cheese time well i'm gonna put this in my plate too just so i have it mm -hmm. There you go. So cheese so will cheese put first. a coating on your tongue, mm -hmm. and it, it will protect your tongue from that high acid. So you're going to get a lot of flavor on this one. So mm. whenever you're ready. That is wild to me how it can change the taste. It pulls that spice right into this wine. This mm -hmm. wine tastes spicy now. Mm. Isn't that good? It yeah. calms down the leather. Uh-huh. It tastes more like blackberry spice. 
gonna kind of move the spice of the cheese towards the back of my mouth. Like mm. almost like I'm almost gonna swallow that spice like before it was yes. all over and then it kind of I do feel more it. of the fruit tasting yeah. this too. Well you do sense spice on the back of your tongue mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Even a spicy Malbec or spicy wine, Zinfandel, um, that black pepper, you'll feel that uh, on the finish. Yeah. Right on the finish, right. way back. Um, so you're right, you're getting, and that's, this cheese is loaded with lots of pepper, so a pepper jack, you know, it's going to be really mm -hmm. pretty yes. this you think of anything spicy, um, and again, even when you're talking about, like, say you're having uh, a Thai food, and say you don't like white wine at all, you want a red wine, you're determined to have that, the, the fruity, juicy, low, low tannin, low alcohol, um, those are the ones that are going to really highlight the food better, so let's try the... The andouille sausage. Okay. Mm. I love that sausage, by the way. Mm. <laughs> it's really good cut up for breakfast. Mm. And potatoes and eggs. I feel like it made it more spicy. It made it more savory too. Yeah. Brought out mm -hmm. savory notes on this, yeah. right? Yeah. You almost get like, um, almost like, uh, what do I want to say, like oregano? Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. You get some spices going on. But still, I mean, absolutely delicious with the heat here. Oh my gosh, this is good. Yeah, I have more of those like, the spice is kind of hanging out on my tongue now this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It's softer. The tannins mm -hmm. are very soft, and um, and the blackberry is just intense. Yes. Um, again, almost like um, like grandma's making blackberry jam on the stove, and you you know you stick mm. your spoon in there. Really is um, a, a blackberry jam effect. This is delicious. Awesome. Now comes the question of the day. Mm. We have a white wine. We have a red wine. We have the exact same food, um, which is so fun. Which would you think that was your favorite pairing? Man, I don't know. Oh, two completely different experiences. Di yeah, different experiences for sure. Yes, completely different. It's kind of hard to compare. I feel like it's just like the mood you're kind of in. Absolutely, the mood you're in. You know, you know, if it's a hot summer day and you're sitting outside having a little charcuterie plate, you can know you can have a cold dry Riesling and yeah. it's going to really just be exciting you know with that plate with that plate of food or you know if it's a cold winter night and you've got a fire going in the fireplace same food right with the red wine but it's crazy that they both pair so well they yeah. both do yeah. like if this was a if this was a Sab Blanc you wouldn't get that um you it all know you just it just not the same it wouldn't be the same experience not at all you get Pinot Grigio it's not the same experience um but this, but how, it was just, it's German Riesling, yeah. yeah. So they're so versatile um, that I just think everyone should know, um, you know, give, give them a try. Mm -hmm. They should always, And Bernarda. And Bernarda. And then what, where, where did you say you get this at Reds too? You... I did get this at Reds. Okay. Um, I have seen this. This was hard to find. Usually you will find this in a Malbec blend. Uh, other producers will do it in a blend. So Reds is the only place I have found a straight up Bernardo. Um, if you if you go online, you can find Charbonneau, same grape, right? Uh, from Calistoga, from you know in Napa, uh, very expensive. 
shockingly expensive, but uh, you can find it. it. It's out there. It's just no one knows. We all get stuck on, I always say that most of us can name five grape varieties, right? Most people can name five. There are 8,000 grape varieties right. on the planet. Wow. And uh, and I'm working my way through them. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna, the fun part. We just keep not... working our way through them, right? Was this one around like a $20 range too? Yeah, uh, yes, it is around okay. the twenty dollar range too. And like I said, you get these in Napa, and they're very expensive because yeah. the Napa dirt is expensive. Right. And the fact that they're carving out seventy five acres in Calistoga for this grape says something about the quality of the of grape. The grape. Yeah. It's just that we followed the market. It was you know Malbec, and then you know of course Chardonnays, and then it's Pinot Noir. Now it's Napa Cabs. Like it just seems like you know. The market just gives us trends. Who controls the market, really? Is it just, is it the people that own most of the land to grow the grapes? Boy, that is a really great question. Um, I wish I knew the answer to. Um, people always ask me about ratings. You know, what do I think about ratings? Uh, and I would say that our Riesling got a 93 by, um, and I do I do appreciate uh, uh, James Suckling's mm-hmm. ratings, you know. He's, he's all not, over everything. He's not invested, you know. Yeah. But if it's wine enthusiast, you know, and they've got a big color ad in the middle of that magazine. Uh, what are they like, pushing? You know, what are they pushing? <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I know that Robert Parker, when he gave one of the Napa cabs, uh, I forget which one it was right now, a 100, then everyone started making these big over-extracted, high alcohol, you know, fruit bombs. Uh, Napa cabs became more... Um, I don't know, just, you know, created, you know. Um, some of the original producers still make it, like they've always made it more like the European style that is what it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was always that, that style in the beginning. So I don't know really what chases, but I know that once the market pushes something, um, I love talking about the movie Sideways because yeah. that told us not to drink the effing Merlot. It uh-huh. told us we should all be drinking Pinot Noir. And now people still, 15 years later, right. like think that that Merlot, that it's not a good grape. It's like it's not a good wine. That's crazy. It's right. delicious. So I don't know. It just really, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. So I don't know. It kind of seems like it's like whoever the person deems worthy of saying something is good, then people kind of follow suit, whatever is popular. But I think when it comes to wine, you know, and even when we started diving into it, it is so fun to learn about. And it is so fun, um, yeah, to, to get education in it. And you learn so much. And it's not like, yeah, it's not like you're taking an annoying math test. It's like you're getting to try <laughs> some wine and cheese and food. And I just highly suggest to anybody out there that doesn't feel like they know a lot about it, like, just start asking questions. Like you said, like, even with people that at local liquor stores or local wine shops Mm -hmm. that, you know, the people there that are educated, you can ask them questions and start to try some new things. Don't be afraid to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always tell people like, you know, tell them like, I love Napa caps. What do they have like that in Spain? Mm -hmm. And they're going to immediately, you're going to learn about Rioja and Tempranillo. Mm -hmm. Or if it's Italy, you know, know, I like Cabernets. What what does Italy have? And you're going to learn about Barolos and Barbarescos and so, and just like, don't be afraid. It's wine. Right. At the end of the day, you're going to, um, you know, have a, a bottle of wine. And if you don't like it, you can say, okay, well, I didn't like that one. Right. I'll try another. You haven't really lost anything. So especially, again, at this price point where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can explore at, mm-hmm. at a better price point. Now, if I was, you know, spending 
$600 on a bottle, I would want to know exactly what I'm getting. But right. um, at this point in time, I do. And I choose to still, you know, play with wine in this arena, like this, like, affordable arena. So, yeah, yeah don't be afraid to try wines. Uh, the least, the, what's the worst? You can learn something. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what we always say, too, is wine is ever-changing. Right. You know, and you're always learning. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, there's 8,000 grapes. Like, 8,000 grape You taste varieties. your way through. I'm being introduced to... You know, new wines that I've never even heard of every single day. Well, so it's like, I, I, I love, so like, I think one of my favorite things that I've learned just from when we visited different vineyards and stuff, too. I love, like, the agriculture aspect of it and, like, learning about nature and, like, just all the work that goes into this effort to make something and how it goes back to, I mean, it's been ancient history since we've been making oh, wine since the beginning of time. So it's yeah. so, it fascinates me. Yes. Well, this a grape. Uh, in other places, uh, Bernardo is called other things. It is. It was uh, in uh, Italy. It was um, uh, called Duce Noir, oh. and uh, it and it really was very predominant in the Savoie region of France. Uh, very dominant there. But now, you know, as other varieties have come, you know, become more popular, mm -hmm. then those other varieties die out. So I love that there are producers still trying to like hanging on to the you know, ancient vines and mm. the old vines and, um, you know, just like holding on to that. Inglenook, the fact that they had this huge black tie affair to, to honor the heritage vin yeah. vineyards and the heritage vines. I just love that. And it's history. Yeah, it's history. But, um, you know, and wine should be fun. You should play mm. with it. I always say, I always tell people, come play wine with me. Like, <laughs> let's play wine. You know, it's a fun game. Let's like have some food and like see how it all tastes. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, it's, it's just fun. Well, well, we, we will thank always you. play wine with you. Yeah. So <laughs> count us in. It is my favorite so, game. It has been an honor to have you. Yes. And we're going to cheers this and end this. Check out Deb on Instagram. What's your what's your IG? Deb dot Van Pelt. Deb dot Van Pelt. Yes. Cheers, Deb. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. So cool. Cheers, baby. Yes. Cheers. Cheers to you. <laughs>